0: Hi, this is Dave and Gail Durr, and today we're going to look at uh, a passage of Scripture, John 20, verses 19 through 31, and uh, this is an account of Jesus appearing to the disciples on, on the evening of Easter Sunday.
1: So John 20, that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. "'Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. "'Peace be with you,' he said. "'As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. "'They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. "'Again,' he said, "'Peace be with you. "'As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you.' "'Then he breathed on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. "'If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. "'If you do not forgive them,' They are not forgiven.
0: One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name.
1: So after hearing that scripture, I think the one thought that really came to me through this section of John was how each person or disciple had an encounter with Jesus and had their own personal faith journey with him. Yesterday, we saw Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene, and she believed when he called her by name, Mary. Next, we see Jesus appearing to the disciples, all of them except Thomas. When they saw him in the room, they believed. And finally, through this scripture, we see Thomas saying that he could not believe until he could put his finger into the print of the nails and thrust his hand into Jesus' side. Then when Jesus appears and tells Thomas to put his hand into the wound and don't be faithful, faithless any longer, believe, Thomas doubted. But when he saw the wounds, and could touch them. We don't know if he did. He was all in. And Thomas responded with, my Lord and my God. There was no more doubting. So what I see in this passage is how God is so big and powerful, but he is so personal. He knew exactly where each of his followers were, just like us. He knows where each of us are at on our faith journey. He interacts with us where we are at. I love the thought that he knows me personally. He knows what I need. He comes to me. He isn't angry or disappointed. He loves me. He saw Mary Magdalene in her sorrow and complete grief, longing for more of Jesus. After all, Jesus had set her free from her demons, and she was so grateful. He then saw Peter, who was probably full of shame and feeling like a failure. He saw the disciples, and maybe they were full of fear and very confused. And then, of course, Thomas, who doubted who Jesus was. Thomas was more the skeptic. His heart might have been saying yes, but his head was saying no
0: yeah that's so true, and uh, I find Thomas's absence during the evening uh this evening's surprise visit of the risen Christ interesting to look at. Where was he? Why wasn't he with the rest of the disciples? Was he ill? feeling guilty for what he could have done but didn't do?- mm-hmm. you think he may have been fearful of the Jews who may be searching and may be searching for Jesus' followers to imprison them? Did he just want to be alone to grieve this loss? His absence seems to be a bit peculiar here. Perhaps you can remember a time when you stayed away from community to deal with your hurts, your pain, a difficult situation, and you wanted to do it all by yourself. You decided to separate yourself from a loving and caring community. You decided to go it alone. Sometimes when we need community the most, we stop showing up. We take the night off. We say we're ill. We stay alone and seek to deal with difficult times on our own. What Thomas needed the most at this time was the loving and caring community of disciples around him to encourage him, love on him, and care for him as he did the same for them. Being a lone ranger in difficult times was not helpful for Thomas. And it's not helpful for you and me. This is a great reminder to resist staying away from community by fading into the shadows, avoiding and staying away from friends, and separating ourselves, basically, from the faith community and others who love and know us. It's so important to recognize that it is in the difficult times we need community the most.
1: Yeah, that is so true. Of um, the importance of community when we're going through struggles. But again, we go back to looking at how Jesus is so gracious and compassionate and understanding and met each of them right where they were. He doesn't condemn or shame us, but He continually reveals Himself more and more to us. When I look at each of these faith journeys, I'm reminded that we will each have a different journey. There are some of us who have experiences with Jesus that have immediately brought us to a solid faith. Maybe you have been on a steady journey yourself. Maybe others of us are confused and have lots of questions, and gradually we will know Jesus more and more. Or maybe you are at a place of doubting, but you're open to knowing more. Through this scripture, I'm just reminded that each of us are different, And what is important is that we journey together and we encourage each other along the journey. None of us have arrived, but we are all on this journey together and Jesus will continually reveal himself to us. And our part is to just continually seek him.
0: Oh, that's so true, Gail, and is powerful. Um, I love the incredible commissioning taking place also in verses 21 and 22. And here's what it says. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in this, uh, these two verses, is commissioning the disciples and sending them out. And there's a couple of things that I think are important to point out in this commissioning. So uh, I'd like to do that right now. First of all, Jesus needs the church. The body of Christ, his disciples, you and me, to be the hope of the world. We are called and sent out to be the mouth to speak, the ears to listen, the feet to carry the good news, and to be the hands to serve, bless, and do his good work. As God sent Jesus, he is sending his disciple, disciples, and he's sending us And remember, we are Jesus' plan A and there is no plan B. So just as Jesus needs us, the body of Christ, his disciples, to make a difference in his kingdom, we need him. Jesus Christ has all the power and authority as God's son. And we are recipients of that power and authority through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. You know, the Holy Spirit is the gift given to us to enable us to do that which Christ has commissioned us to do. As disciples, both then and now, we are sent on mission to proclaim the forgiveness of sins through Christ. And just as Jesus breathed on the disciples to give them the Holy Spirit, he does the same for us. This is the way of Jesus. He doesn't call us to do things without providing Uh, exactly what we need for us to carry out that calling.
1: Well, I think something I've never really seen before is just how very clear this is in this scripture that Jesus is sending us out on mission and not alone, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is so clear in this scripture.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was daunting for the disciples to hear this calling and this commissioning and uh, probably raised up some fears within that in their own minds and hearts. But it's so true. Um, I would like to invite each of you who are listening uh, to think about a time you were called on or asked to do something for Christ. But you hesitated because you didn't feel qualified. Maybe you didn't feel equipped or comfortable with doing that, or smart enough, or good enough? How did you respond? I'm sure the disciples were feeling the same way, and uh, I, I believe you and I often feel the same way. How could I do that, I might ask. There's no way. That's not who I am. I'm an introvert. I'm not smart enough. I'll embarrass myself. If people knew my past, they'd know I can't do this. According to this passage, that's wrong thinking. God has given each of us, as disciples, as his followers, the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, and that's everything we need. That covers it all.
1: It is clear that the Gospel of John is not meant to be a biography of Jesus but rather encourages us to take him as Savior, King, and Lord. The aim of the Gospel of John was not to give information, but to give life, the abundant life to the full. It was to paint such a picture of Jesus that each of us would be bound to see that this person who could speak and teach and act and heal like this could be none other than God incarnate, Jesus Christ. And in that belief, we could experience real joy, life, and have purpose in him. So today, what spoke to you from this passage of scripture? I think for me, again, it goes back to that whole area of my faith journey. Realizing we are all at different places and at different times. But Jesus is meeting me right where I'm at the importance of knowing that Jesus is continually inviting each of us into that faith journey with him and continually seeking him. I think that is what is really speaking to me.
0: Mm, That's so true. So, For me, uh, Gail, uh, I've been reminded in uh, doing this Devo and reading this passage uh, about uh, the, the challenge that's before us, and the power and authority that is given to both of us and other followers of Christ to do that which God has called us to do individually. Uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me equips and empowers me to do whatever it is that God is calling me to do. So I I don't have to be concerned about that. I can move forward with real God confidence because that's what he has promised and that's what he has given uh, the whole the power of the holy Spirit uh is what I need and all I need. so how about you? Um, how have you been challenged uh by this passage today as it challenged Gail and I uh what will you do? Let's pray, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word and the reminders within it, and the insight that is there for us to examine and look at. Thank you, Lord, for uh, taking this, the time on earth to show us um, what you have done and what you could do in the power of the Spirit as well, uh, so that we too may believe. And for those listening today, Lord, who love and follow Jesus, may they experience the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living within, within them. I pray, God, that they would come to a realization of that like never before and step into uh, the calling that you have for them each day. And for those who are on a faith journey, as Gail talked about, uh, but unsure maybe of their relationship with Jesus, may they personally experience your love, experience your grace and compassion for them as they continue on their journey with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Have a great day.